Hey everybody, welcome back once again. This is the Red Ivy Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Michael Goodhart. I'm here with J. Michael Pink. How are you, Jimmy? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you tonight? Look, I'm fantastic, man. Are you? What are you kidding me? What What did we watch last night? I mean, my God. <laughs> oh, probably, man. probably the greatest uh, baseball game of my life, which I almost didn't see the end of. Um, that's the story for later. But uh, wow. I'm glad that I have it all on the DVR that I was just about to turn off. I was just about to turn off the TV because I was still so tired from the night before anticipating a win. Somehow they came back in game three and tied it up and ended up losing in 14, I believe it was 14 innings. And yeah, so it was, uh, it was like, it reminded me of the, what was it? Oh, good morning, Vietnam. It's 0600. What does the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Oh my God, it's early. So I, I, you know, I sleepwalk through the whole day. So I'm watching the game and, and you know, the ebbs and flows of emotion as I'm going. I, I was spent, you know, and so I'm like, okay, it's the bottom of the, well, not the bottom. It's the, it's the top of the ninth inning. The Cubs have three more outs to go. Let's, you know, just see what happens. You know, I can always just turn it off if I want to. Um, you know, and then the inning started developing. You know, Brian gets a hit, Rizzo gets a walk. You know, <laughs> and all of a sudden Zobris comes up and pops a pops a double down the right field line and into the corner and, and scores a guy. And all of a sudden, you know, we got a run on the board and there's no outs. So I'm trying to get so excited. <laughs> I'm figuring, okay, you know, maybe I, let, pull this let, let, the cars. Yeah, let's let, let's hold off on that recap. We'll get into that in a minute here. Uh, let's bring in Mark Davis, the producer. Mark, how are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Uh, I think you know that. I think you know the answer <laughs> to that question before I even asked it. I did. I, that was just a pleasantry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is, uh, this is, this is one of those, uh, defining moments where I get to go back and look at all the idiots. Um, uh, beforehand, I looked at some, uh, who, who's the guy that used to be on pardon the interruption. He's got his own show now. Oh, Cur- curly haired, the curly haired psycho. What? what oh, not God, Jim Rome. Jim Rome? No, no, not Jim. Although Jim Rome, his sportsman, it was that was something. He was guaranteeing the Giants were going to win after they took Game Three. Are you serious? Basically, his sports his sportsman yesterday was put it on the books. The Giants are going to win this thing, and then oh, today is all like. Oh, the the Giants bullpen really let let him down. It's like they took a giant can of gasoline and lit fire to the infield. That dude don't care. He like, don't care about anybody but himself. He contradicts himself literally the next day and expects it to just kind of go away. Oh, what's this internet that I've heard about? Does it exist? Does it have my words? <laughs> well, the thing is, is that he sounds so confident when he's, you know, when he's speaking and when he's talking about these other teams and what's going to happen. It's like he is so confident. But then his predictions don't come true and he's just as confident. I'm like, isn't that like, I don't know. He might be a sociopath, man. I don't know. Maybe. Aren't we all sociopaths to a certain extent? No. Speak for yourself, man. <laughs> so hey so let's go back to the to the game previous to last night's game that one that had you up mike till what one in the morning two in the morning no it was two o'clock it was about one forty-five chicago time when that thing finally wrapped up 
And yeah, so I was, I was on gas uh, last night during that game. I was basically at four hours of sleep from the night previous. So it was about 18 hours. Uh, I had been awake when, when that last night's game finally ended at least 18 or 19 hours or something like that. So yeah, by the end of that game, I was, wow. Um, it, it took all that tiredness and just wiped it right out of me with an adrenaline shot. But yeah, the night before was, I, I didn't want to stop watching cause I, I was expecting something what, like what happened last night to happen in that game. Right. Uh, but that one didn't quite go that way. What was the final score? What was the final score to that game? Um, six to five, wasn't it? No, last night was six to five. No, the uh, night before. I mean, the reason the reason I bring that you up can just edit this part out. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason that I brought that up is because um, I think that the night, uh, the game, the night before last, you probably did get that feeling that they were going to come back in that game, as opposed to last night's game. I mean the top of the ninth, I was just like, there is no way that they're going to come back and, and win this game. So, you know, I don't know what time it was when that happened. What what, what time was it in, in the ninth inning last night? Probably about like... Uh, the ninth inning started here about 10.30, I think, roughly around there. Um, so my thought was at the time, well, I guess we'll just get into this now, is I... I I basically, I was wiped out by the fifth inning. I was, and it wasn't anything to do with the game. My wife was looking at me going, are, are you scared? Are you tense? And I said, no, I'm relaxed because I have literally no energy left. Like I, I'm just kind of watching this going, this is a thing that's happening. If there's a game five, I'll watch that and be excited about it. But this is kind of like, if they win, cool. If not, there is a game five. I didn't want the game five, but at the same time, I wasn't freaking out over it. So mostly because I didn't have enough energy to be emotional. Um, yeah, it was just, it was kind of there, but I, I, I had this weird sense like towards the eighth inning. Finally, I was kind of like, this doesn't look good. They're just not, they don't look comfortable at the plate. They're expanding their strike zone too much. Uh, these, they're letting this and Matt Moore looked lights out. Um, he was hitting his spots. He looked pretty good, but it just like, by the time the ninth inning started, I was going to sit there and watch it. And then. Uh, Bucktooth uh, Law, Derek Law came to the mound and I he threw a couple pitches and I was just like, ah, I can't watch this guy. If they, if they win with this guy on the mound, I cannot be watching it. I'll just follow I'll just follow it on the MLB at Bad app. So I, I went to the bathroom, brushed my teeth. Well, I went to the bedroom, had the pulled the phone out. Chris Bryant's on first base. Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, sat down in the bed. Wife asked me, "Hey, so what's the score now?" I said, "Well, it's it's still five to two, but Chris Bryant just got a hit. Um, I was following all the pitches and everything. I just wasn't seeing it visually in front of me. Next thing I know, oh, Anthony Rizzo walks, and so I turned on my bedside light, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to get up. I got to go back out there. And uh, by the time I got out there, they had already uh, scored a run." And I just thought in the back of my head, these guys are going to tie this game up again, and then it's going to go to 15 innings again, and I'm going to get no sleep. Yep. Once they got that <laughs> that first run, once they got that first run, you kind of started feeling like it was like almost like a reminder, like, oh wait, I've seen this game before, like nine times, you know, this season alone, where they've come back 
you know, from these big deficits. But still, I was like, oh, long way to go. <laughs> Jim, what about you? Um, the Cubs, I believe, won, including last night's game, they won uh, nine games uh, this season when they trailed uh, going into either the eighth or the ninth inning, which okay. means they, they came back nine times in that same situation this year. So like you said, Mark, you, you thought you had seen it before. Um, and, and another point of fact, the game before that we were talking about uh, that the Cubs lost, the, the one game in the, in the three-to-one series triumph, uh, was on Monday night, and it was the same score as last night's game. The Cubs lost uh, six to five to the Giants in extra innings in uh, fourteen, I believe. Um, three of the games uh, in the series, two of which were wins for the Chicago Cubs, uh, were one-run games. One-run games couldn't have gotten closer. Uh, so you know, we we really got you know everything uh, that we that we that we bargained for. Uh, so how did I feel last night? Oh, man. I, I was, like I say, I was starting to say at the beginning um, that uh, at the top of the broadcast that, you know, I was ready to turn the DVR off and actually turn the TV off, which for somebody like me, who is as rabid a Cubs fan as myself in the playoffs in a game such as last night's game, that you'd think there'd be no way on God's green earth I'd be turning the, <laughs> the DVR off, you know, let alone turning the TV off. Um, so, yeah, I decided to sit it out and to see what developed. And I thought to myself, well, if they do come back and win, which they've done before, they had just done it the night before. They came back and tied it up at five in the in the top of the ninth. Uh, unfortunately, lost that game, like I've already said. Uh, we can edit, we can edit that out. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought, well, if they did it the night before, maybe they can do it again tonight. I didn't expect them to do it. Um I was pleasantly surprised uh, and, and the way that they put it together and the way that they did it uh, was even more impressive. It was a real character building moment uh, for all of those young players. Um, the only hits that Contreras, well, he was a pinch hitter, so it was his only opportunity, but the only hits uh, that Baez and uh, Contreras got all night uh, were the two hits that they got in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, well, one Jim, run by hey, well, Jim, and won by Baez, of course, to win. Yeah. And you know, and I think we'll get into um, all the individual contributions to this game because, you know, for me, I mean, I'm not a Cub fan. It's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Cub fan pretty much because I live in, I used to live in the general area and really because of, of you guys and some, and a lot of my other Chicago friends. But before we get into the specifics on, on who did what, Let's go into, I mean, you, 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 you keep mentioning DVR. So I think that's a good excuse for us to kind of delve into kind of like who you guys are. I mean, I think we owe it to the people out there to get some insight to who you guys are as dudes <laughs> and um, really kind of understand where you guys are coming from. So you keep mentioning DVR. So one thing that that keeps reminding me of is when you used to record the Cub games on VHS. Now, are you going to cop to this? Or are you going to deny it? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I, I probably taped them on VHS. Um, How many games do you think that you have on VHS? Cubs games. Oh. Mm. 
I don't know if I have them anymore after, you know, all of the moves, especially, you know, to California. Even if you did still have them, they're no good anymore. VHS tape that it degrades over time. You can't watch those anymore. <laughs> Do you want to watch those anymore? I mean, you were taping them during a time where, you know, it was trying being a Cub fan. Was he doing that yeah. when you guys were living together, Mike? When 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 you guys lived in Chicago, was that when he was in VHS? Uh, I mean, we were taping some games. We taped. I, I I had copies of games that we were at. For example, those are the ones I always wanted to keep. The ones that I actually been to. Uh, I didn't keep games that I just watched on TV. When what's the point of that? It's just a random game. But I would keep. You know, we went to the Aramis Ramirez game. I I went with my. Uh, my parents and uh, my wife, who was then uh, just my girlfriend, and went to that game. I went to well, we all all of us were at the game where Lupinella lost it and flipped his lid uh, for the first time. That one I didn't have on tape though, because I think it was at that time I didn't have whatever channel that was on, so I couldn't tape that one. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea anymore. But then I there was a game we went to where they played the Marlins, and we had pretty decent seats. We got from a friend of ours that were on the upper deck, but it was like fairly close to the front of the railing. And you had, it was just a really perfect view. It was one of the better seats I've had there. And that, I think they will, they won 14 to three that day, I think, but I kept that for quite some time until it, yeah, I got rid of my VCR. So there's really no point in keeping the tapes anymore. Was that Ryan Sandberg retirement? uh, Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was that day. Is uh, where they were honoring Rhino that day. Yeah. Those were great seats. Another game that we were at, we were at the Sammy Sosa corked bat game. Oh yeah, that was uh, Todd's uh, Todd's Todd's bleacher tickets. Yeah, Todd we were, Schultz. We were teachers that Todd, night. Todd Schultz. Shout out Todd Schultz. Shout out Craig and Imelda oh, Schultz. What up? What up? Hey, Bill. What's up? That's good. I and forgot young, you guys were at that game. I forgot you guys were at that game. Yeah, oh, that was that was an interesting game, and we actually left that game. Fun fact, uh, in the ni- before the ninth inning, because we wanted to get home and watch the news and see what happened. Yep. And we didn't want to get caught in the crush because then we wouldn't make it home in time to see the news. And we didn't, we hadn't thought ahead to record uh, the news. <laughs> that's, you know what? That's funny. I mean, that's the difference between you guys and me. I mean, you guys are true Cub fans. I'm a Wrigley fan, which means I don't remember any Cubs game that I've been to. <laughs> Which I've been to quite a few, but I couldn't tell you what happened. You know, Some hot chicks. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there, you know, that's the deal, though. There's always hot chicks at, at Wrigley Field. Um, but if you're ugly, it don't matter. <laughs> if you're an ugly dude, it don't matter how many hot chicks are at, at Wrigley Field, unfortunately. Um, so the other thing, Jim, that stood out when uh, you were just kind of telling me about your experience. Uh, watching last night's game, you used the word pleasantly surprised. Come on, man. I, I mean, I was jumping up and down, and I'm not even a Cubs fan. You were pleasantly surprised? That's how you got I, that? More than pleasantly surprised. <laughs> okay, tell us, man. I mean, did you, I mean, I get it. I think that a lot of Cubs fans at this point are so apprehensive that you don't want to go crazy when something good happens. But I'm wondering if you did. Or... Maybe you were just pleasantly surprised. I don't know. Okay. Um, just a little, you know, point for our listeners. Mark's razzing me a little bit. 
Um, I was I was quite a, I was quite a bit more than pleasantly surprised. Um, and as we you know as we proliferate and we gain more listeners uh, and people you know checking out the Red Ivy podcast, um, we'll have people that know me that'll be listening to it, um, and I'm sure that they'll be able to tell stories uh, of a freaky crazy Jimmy uh, ranting and raving. Um, so yeah, I, I lost my I lost my ever loving mind last night. <laughs> I I, I could not stand still. I believe I texted both you guys. We should post the text on the on the Facebook page or on the Twitter uh, of the of the text that we exchanged. I I was shaking. I I, I literally could not stop shaking. It was just the way that they pulled that out was just beyond impressive. Yeah. I mean, it happened. It, it happened really fast too. That's the thing. Yeah, it sure did. It sure did. I mean. And for it to happen two nights in a row, to come back that way two nights in a row, that's why when, you know, I believe, Mike, that you sent a text and you're like, I hope that Chapman, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, uh, lay an egg uh, like the night before. No, uh, I didn't say lay an egg. I didn't say nothing that corny. Come on. Oh. <laughs> so I was trying three nights. I hope Chapman doesn't blow it. And I, and I believe my response. I hope he doesn't urinate in his bed. Not <laughs> a chance. He laid an egg. So. Um, so yeah, and, uh, yeah, and I, I was very confident going into that bottom of the ninth inning that the way that they had come back the night before and yet lost the game in 14 innings, uh, which Albert Almora, what more can I say? Uh, his defense is fantastic. I knew they could do it again. And then when they did it and they actually pushed that last run across and put that pressure on the Giants, you even said it, Mike, already, uh, that not, not on the you know, in our own conversations, you've, you've already said in text and so forth that it looked like, you know, just all the life and all the enthusiasm and all the fight literally went out of the Giants. I mean, they, they looked like it was over when they pushed that sixth run across and the Cubs were finally ahead. And I knew there was just I was very confident. I didn't know, of course, but I was very confident that there was no way on God's green earth that these kids were going to give that run back. They had seized that game. That was their moment last night. We we witnessed something very 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 special last night. Yeah, you know? we got to see. But anybody check? Anybody see that crying Jordan meme today yes. for Hunter Pence? Yes. Oh my God, that's the best thing ever. Oh, Hunter Pence. It, it, with, just when I think, yeah, it's just when I think the crying Jordan memes are done. I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty much over those. And I see somebody with the, a perfect Photoshop. That's compositing what I'm of his. I was like, that looks because people, people on my Facebook thought it was a real picture of Jordan. They're like, what happened to Jordan? <laughs> it looks like a homeless, crazy guy. I'm like, is that? It's not Jordan. It's, it's Hunter Pence photoshopped with Brian well, that, Jordan face. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like you see, I mean, you see that Jordan face on on everybody, but it's like this. Whoever did this one took the time yeah. or had the talent yeah, it's, to like it's make it look like a, good. It doesn't look like a paper doll face, like taped over top of it or something or it's like you know like south park canadian figures with the bobbleheads or whatever yeah but you know Actually, what <laughs> but you know the thing is is jim you were talking about just you know how you saw just the air just go out of the stadium <clears throat> when the cubs went ahead but i mean it was only that wasn't even an inning previous where where fs1 was all on the giants crotch i mean they were showing cuts of like Cubs fans like sitting there 
you know, dazed and confused. Cub fans walking out. You know, like a like a so, Sammy Sosa somebody guy. In the crowd, somebody in the crowd had a goat head on. Yeah, and the goat head. The, the goat real. head. They were. They actually put that on. T- I saw the goat head. So it was like. And I get it. I get it. You know, these guys are, it's a production, you know, they have to play into what's going on, but it's just so weird because when I saw that, cause that all happened like over like a six minute span and I'm like, this is lame. Why are they doing this? Why are they showing this stuff? But yet at the same time, when the Cubs started winning, you know, they were showing the, you know, the, the Giants fans just looking like they've had better days, but I digress. I have a question for you, Mike. Why don't you take this one? So, again, everybody out there in podcast land, I am not a Cub fan. Um, but as a, a I mean, I, I'm assuming that there's a lot of people that are watching this series um, that really didn't watch a lot of Cubs games. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Cubs fans that didn't watch every Cubs game or a good percentage of them, but they're watching them now. So that's kind of me, I guess. But if I had watched this series, so I've been watching this this first series, and if I hadn't watched any other games, I'd swear that Baez, Contreras, Zobris were like the superstars of this, you know, obviously Arietta are the superstars of this team. How, how did these guys do during the, the normal season? I mean, are they just doing exceptionally well now? Walk us through that, Mike. Uh, no, I think uh, this this year was kind of the breakout season for Baez, especially. I think you saw, I'm not sure if it was last night or the night before. It might have been last night where they showed the compilation clip of all oh, his that quick was tags. Sweet. Yeah. That's, that's all year long you've been seeing that. Like, it's not even, well, part of it is uh, Contreras and Ross and whoever are, are putting perfect throws on him, but they're putting throws in a place that, a normal second baseman or a shortstop would go, you know, to get that ball. He lets the ball come right there. He's, it's almost like he's letting Ross and Contreras throw and a Montero throw the runner out with the ball instead of the tag. And he's just, his, his tag is just following the, following the ball right into the runner. He puts himself in a position to just, he doesn't have to do anything. He just kind of, he stops the ball in midair as, and, but, you're talking about, you know, Contreras or Ross and, and throwing it right to where he needs it. Um, that takes a little time to build up that type of chemistry. But do they have that type of chemistry? Or, I mean, is that something that just happened this year? Or was that something that started last year? Because wasn't he hurt for a, a good majority of last season? Or Baez didn't even, they didn't even, uh, I think he was a, a late call-up last year, wasn't he? They called him up a... Uh... Yeah, he was. For what position? He was their utility guy. Uh, yep. In fact, he, came- he was he was on the on the short list of potential trade candidates in the offseason before this year. He was part of the log jam on the left side of the infield. Um which uh precipitated and made necessary the Starling Castro trade, which netted us nothing. Oh really? Yeah. In, in the end, it ended us not and uh, got us nothing because we ended up trading um, what's his face back to uh, the Yankees uh, as part of the package to get uh, a Roldis Chapman. Oh, that, that's not nothing then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It did the Chapman. It did 
you know, partially get us Chapman, but, uh, and it also, it allowed us to free up the money to sign Zobrist, uh, who's been, you know, very important and has had a fantastic year. Um, uh, but, uh, Baez right now, he's like Mike was saying, you know, and then not to, you know, not to step on your toes, Mike, but, you know, he's, he's, you know, I, I don't want to say literally because it's an overused term and it's the wrong, it's the wrong way to say it, but he's the best defensive player in the league right now. And even David Ross has said as much, um, you know, that Baez makes it easy for everybody else. Uh, Baez, by- Baez does stuff with his body. You saw that play last night where the guy was actually safe at first, but it was damn close. Yep. Baez does oh, stuff yeah. with his body that, that when Michael Jordan used to do when he'd go mm-hmm. up in the air and you mm-hmm. go, oh, there's like three guys around and there's no way he can. Oh, what? How did he just do that? And he just twists yeah. his body in midair and creates a shot out of nothing. That's Baez. Ah, uh, dude. Baez will create create a throw out of nothing. I got I got a text last night during the game from um, one of the guys that I work with, younger guy. Um, it's just out of the blue. He's like, dude. He's like that Baez kid's a beast, you know. And I'm like, I like Google that Baez third base play, Chicago Cubs. <laughs> that play that he did at third base. I think that was earlier in the season. And I think they overturned it due to the replay thingy. Do you guys know which one I'm talking about? That play where a, he's playing third base, was shot down third, hit his glove, popped up. He got it. He was like leaning back and just shot a cannon the first. Uh, yeah, there's a number of them where he's been deep in the hole and thrown it all the way across his body over to first like he's freaking Joe Montana or, or uh, not Joe Montana, John Elway. Oh my God! He throw across his body all the way across the field. So it's like it's got the same arm as Elway had. Are you talking about the one hop line drive that was just you know literally on top of him and it bounced way up in the air and he still was athletic enough to grab the ball in midair and fire a rocket over to first and and almost get a really fast runner? Is that the one you're talking about? All his plays back to back to back to back. And the fact that he's, you know, he's young, he's passionate. It's just odd to me because, and Mike, this goes back to my original statement. It's just odd to me because I'm not watching every game, but it's like when I think of the Cubs, you know, I think of Arietta, I think of Rizzo, I think of Chris Bryant. And not to discount those guys, but again, watching this 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 first series, it's like, man, these guys, they got some good young guys on that team. And it's like, I wish that yeah. Russell was doing better right now because I know he did do so well during the season. It seemed like every regular season game that I did watch, he was like the man. And then, of course, Chris Bryant. But it's just weird to they- see the people that are stepping up right now. Yeah, they were talking about it last time on the on the broadcast. They, I think John Smoltz said, uh, "Well, I don't know what Joe uh, Joe Madden's thinking here. Uh, you're gonna that's a pretty bold move to pinch hit for one of your best hitting guys in Addison Russell." As it turned out, it, Joe Madden was pulling an okey doke on uh, on uh, Bruce Bochy because what he did was he he brought in Coglin to force uh, Bochy's hand. And if you look in the shot of the dugout, you'll see. 
uh, Contreras standing behind him with his batting helmet on. He was ready to go. He knew he was going in. So Madden had that in mind before he even did it. And they that even confused the broadcasters. Like, I don't even know what he's doing here. And then when they came back from the break, they said, oh, now Madden's done another substitution. He's substituting switch. Contreras. Yeah, he didn't He didn't intend to ever use Coughlin. It was, he put Coughlin out there to force Bochi to, to pitch who he wanted him to pitch. And he put it because in a left-hander, right? Yeah, he, he knew the lefty coming in to face Contreras. Contreras had like a 300-something average off the guy. It was uh, the Fresh Prince, uh, Will Smith. Contreras uh, <laughs> was 312 against lefties this year. Yeah, so Contreras bats from the right side against the lefty, which seems strange, but he was, yeah, and then he ended up having the biggest hit of the inning with the, the, the drove in two runs. And, uh, yeah, so that ended up, that tied the game. That brought in, then they had Hayward facing him. They left in. That was he was actually the fourth pitcher because let's let's run through this because we're on the subject. That inning was amazing. Was, you start off with Bucktooth uh, Bucky Law, uh, yeah, uh, Forest Forest Law, whatever you want to call him, going against Bryant. Then Bochi goes out and says, "You know what? I'm going to put in Javier Lopez to face Rizzo." Rizzo decides, "You know what? I'm just going to walk here." Expands. Uh, he he's much he stops expanding the zone like he had the, the previous uh, games in the series. I think I knew right away last night he was going to have a good night when he started out with a walk in that first inning. That was um, That's always but, a good sign. Yeah. So yeah. then Bochi comes out, pulls out, uh, takes out Lopez, puts in Romo, Sergio Romo. You know Sergio? Puts oh, in Sergio Romo to face <laughs> to face uh, Zobrist. So it's a righty, righty, lefty matchup again. That's when that this, after Zobris gets the hit to score, uh, to score uh, Bryant. Then he that's when he the little he did the little okie doke on Bochi with with Rus, the Russell uh, the the Coglin Russell Contreras yeah. <laughs> switchy thing. Then Fresh Prince comes in to face uh, <laughs> Contreras and yeah. Hayward. Hayward screws up the bunt, but magically the throw is wide on the double play, so he rounds way around the guy at first and heads to second. So basically he achieved what he wanted, but it was only by virtue of luck that they didn't get that double play there. Um, so then, of course, Bochy goes, I'm going to bring in big country Strickland, who has had that that really sick smirk on his face the night before when they were in the We noticed Strick, Strickland wasn't smirking last night. <laughs> no, he I was noticed not. that. I watched, I watched that inning about five times. Strickland had no ounce of a smile on his face last night. Face to face Baez, and Baez made him pay. And then Baez, the funniest thing I read all day was uh, after he got that hit, and he comes around first. You've seen that shot of him clapping his fist into his hand, yeah. Like, and they asked him. Somebody asked him, "Oh, so what was with the that overly exuberant display of emotion?" Uh, and he said, "But the pitcher was looking at me funny." <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that would be a baseball player. <laughs> I think I, I think I love that inning so much. I've I've watched that entire inning probably five inning, times. So what inning was that, Mike? That was the top of the ninth. Top of the ninth. So I mean, if we go even before that, I mean, talking about like, just you know, since we're talking about bias, but but that triple in the fifth with the uh, the errant throw um, by the Giants. I mean, I was like, okay. I mean, does does anybody know what was his stats for the night? What did Baez go? Did he go two for, what did he go, like three for four? I believe he was one for three. 
One for yeah, because so that's not that was that, that was oh, an error. That was an error. Try to hit on that one, and he ended up. That only happened because he busted his ass down to first too on that play. Yeah. Bias's like game single in the top of the ninth was his only hit in the game. Oh wow! Talk about timely, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. It's funny though, because uh, I know on uh, when I was tweeting last night, I was like, "Man, this is like the battle of the coaches." I mean, at one point, like I mean, Mike, you just broke it down with the double switches and stuff like that, and. You know, I guess for a purist, you know, baseball purist, you love to see that kind of stuff. But for me, it really was just kind of a stroke of genius, especially after the night before. And there's questions about, well, I mean, obviously there's, so let's talk about that. So they, you think they should have left Matt Moore in? I mean, because I know like even from the, from the us texting last night, it was like, I think we all got the feeling that as soon as he got out of there, the Cubs were gonna do a little something. I don't, something. I don't think necessarily they should have left Matt Moore in, but they. I don't think he needed five pitchers. He was, none of those guys was able to find a groove. You come in, you face one batter. It's tough to get like. If I I thought he was gonna leave Law in there to to, to face everybody in the ninth, and maybe somebody else if he got into trouble, but there's no reason why he couldn't have. There were three runs ahead. What do you? You know, there's no need to outsmart yourself there. I feel like Bochy kind of overmanaged that ninth inning to the point where it, it ended up biting him in the ass. So did did, they, did Law come in after um, Law was uh, the Lopez? first pitcher of the inning. So he's the first one. Uh, Law Law faced Bryant for right off the bat, and then they brought in uh, Lopez after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, after yeah. after because after Bryant got a hit, then they were like, "Well, th- thanks, Bucky. Here's we'll take the ball now." And I was like, "Oh wow, that was amazing!" Because I actually saw the beginning of that at bat before I left the room and came back later when when Bryant scored. Uh, and I was I was sure they were just going to have Derek Law pitch that inning if he could if he could go the whole way. So they had five relievers. In, the, in one in one inning, and but you know what, Mike? But granted, uh, San Francisco apparently they have the worst bullpen in the in baseball. I mean, did you guys know that going into this series? Because I remember we what? had that whole conversation about who would who would you guys rather see in the first round, uh, San Francisco or St. Louis? And Jim, you were you you wanted to see St. Louis, Mike? You wanted to see the Giants. Or was it the other way around? It was the other way around. It was the other way around because you were scared of Bumgarner, Mike. I was I, I was worried about Bumgarner, and I, yeah, I just didn't. It wasn't that I was uh, big on the believing, but I knew that these guys were, they were legit, uh, you know, contenders. Yeah. It wasn't that they were like scary good, but they're, you know, you make a couple mistakes, they're the type of team that'll make you pay for it. But yeah, it's true. Their their bullpen was a sore spot for them. I don't know. I didn't know, or and still don't know that they would under what metric they would be ranked the worst bullpen in baseball. But they they certainly didn't do themselves any favors last night. But I think a lot of that was a lot of that was on Bochi. Speaking of Bochi, it's like I have a feeling that regardless of the outcome of last night's game, he was still going to drink like a a pint of scotch. That dude just seems like a cowboy whiskey drinking <laughs> you ever get that sense 
Have you seen the commercials for the new tin cup whiskey? It's it's Mountain Man whiskey, where it has the metal cup attached to the top. If you haven't, you know, check it out. You know, tin cup whiskey. Nah, we cut the cord. It's called it's called Mountain Whiskey. That's that's the tagline for it. Okay. So, Bochi looks like a like a tin cup kind of guy. Watch the commercial; you'll know what I mean. It's rugged. I like that movie. Seen that movie? Ten Cups, good movie. Ten Cup, Ten Cups. So, so very. Uh, watch break, that movie. So, breaking um, news here, real quick before we continue with the uh, Cups talk. Blackhawks lose their opener five to two. Um, apparently, they hit the puck into their own net at one point. I ain't worried. You oh, worried? Yeah. Last I saw, it was the break between second and third periods. They were up two to one. That's a hell of a third period. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway. Opposite. All right. So. Um, point to make Contreras' verve last night. Did you guys see after he got to first base and how oh he was God. pounding his chest? Yeah, how dude. he. The kid just roars. I mean, he is just. he's He is a beast. That's going to leave him <laughs> What? Yeah. That was like time, perfect timing with your cat there, Jim. Oh, yeah. He just guys, roars and you hear the cat meow in the background. Yeah. <laughs> You guys heard Reggie Jackson, Mr. Three Run, Mr. October. Mr. October. That's one of his. That's one of his. The funny thing last night with uh, Contreras, I didn't realize this until I went back and rewatched the game. Of the six runs they scored last night, the catchers, the Cubs catchers, had four of the RBI. Ross had two RBI, and Contreras had two RBI. Contreras got his two in the ninth. Ross got his in the third and the fifth because he had the the fly uh, the sacrifice fly that that brought in uh, Bias from third on that muffed uh, play that you were talking about earlier, and he had the home run in the third inning. That's right, he sure did. So the Dang. catchers between the two of them had four RBI of the six. So so far, That's a, so far the catchers and the pitchers probably have the most RBI. Yeah, the bat- collectively. Without the battery mates, we lose that series. Oh my god, That's basically. Crazy. That's well, a- you know, when it comes to sampler plate appetizers, I, I definitely prefer the Russell Coglin Contreras over the Pierre Schumpert Ochoa. <laughs> well, I think it was the Schumpert Pierre Ochoa. Well, I mean, so so <laughs> hey, so since we're talking about you know pitchers and catchers, let's 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 go uh, talk a little bit about the pitchers in this series. Um, Your mama, <laughs> yo mama. Well, so let's talk about. I mean. We didn't really have a chance to talk about this this home run by uh, Arietta. I mean, how how cool was that? Oh, that was beyond cool. He's worth Teddy, you heard it. You see, you see, he's not a machine. He's a man. I love, I Mike. I <laughs> love that link that you sent from the from the Rocky. It's not a machine. That was just on point, dude. It's just like. <laughs> You were, I mean, I think a lot of people were scared of this guy, you know, Bumgarner, and it's for him to hit a home run. I was like, what? And it's not too, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, how many home runs has he had this year? Uh, I think he had two other ones, two? two or three other ones. Yeah. I love it when pitchers hit what? home runs. We should address is this, uh, the fact that, you know, speaking of, like the goats and like all this this stuff. This was so the Giants. This is that they won ten consecutive elimination games. So you guys 
broke a little streak for them. Is that true? Is that what happened? That's exactly what happened. That's yeah, crazy. The last guy wasn't the last guy that beat him in an elimination game was John Lackey. It was. I I read that. Let's yeah, let's talk about that. him. So he's the most experienced active postseason pitcher in the game right now. John Lackey. <laughs> Did you guys bring, know that? John Lackey. I knew he was up there, but I, I didn't know that he had the most uh, postseason innings of, of any pitcher currently in the in the postseason. He's eight, <laughs> eight and five in the postseason. Twenty starts, three eleven ERA, ninety nine Ks in the postseason. So you yeah, guys he, know I'm not, I'm not a Lackey fan, but now I, I mean I, now I am. I mean he's a he's a workhorse. There's no my my. My friend Josh out here is a big Lackey fan. He's been on Lackey all year and talking to me about Lackey. I tell you what, I, I got to admit, man, I was I was not digging up on – I wasn't digging Matt Moore last night. I mean, he was getting on my nerves. <laughs> and I, to his credit, he pitched a great game. Um, you know, and as a person that wanted to see the Cubs win, he was – pretty much lights out but there was nothing better to see than that smile vanish from his face toward in the inning yeah i enjoy i enjoy seeing uh men have their professional dreams crushed in front of me oh for sure <laughs> i know he's i mean Anybody i couldn't hate him, him. I, I couldn't hate him because he wasn't obnoxious about it he just seemed like he was having a good time when wouldn't you if you were dominating another exactly. team that well I mean, he just—he seemed like just a, a genuinely good dude who I don't really have any ill will towards. But uh, yeah, it was nice to get him out of there and get off the schneid against. Now there are members of the bullpen that I very much wanted to see the smile wiped off their face. Like who? Mostly, most mostly Derek Law. Uh, I wanted to see Sergio Romo get it again. Um, was not a big fan of Strickland the night before. I don't know if you noticed, like I was saying earlier, he had that shit-eating grin on his face the whole time he was out there pitching. Yeah, just kind of like, just kind of like, yeah, you guys are gonna lose. But that's the thing, though, Mike. It's like, I mean, the Giants have won what three World Series in the last six eight years. years, six years, six. I mean, it's like, come on. I mean. Come on, Northern California. You got the dot com. <laughs> you know, you got Google. Now you got to take all our World Series. I'm sick of it. You know, it's like give somebody else a chance. Well, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, they better they better be get used to what they just saw last night because that's going to happen a lot in the next five or six years. I can tell you that. I tell you what, man. I kind of believe you, but you know, when that crosstown series comes, you're going down. <laughs> Shout out to my Chicago White Sox fans. Uh, I was listening to uh I was listening to I don't remember what show it was. I believe it was uh whoever's filling in for Boris and Bernstein right now. A Terry Bur- a Terry Boris is in the hospital. Uh he's been out for a while and Dan Bernstein was off today for Yom Kippur, but they were they were talking to him on the phone and they were just they happened to bring up the White Sox and who they might be interested in getting in the offseason and 
they brought up the point that basically everyone on that roster should be on the chop should be like on the table as far as an option to get rid of yep. to use as a trade piece. I which I can't I can't imagine the, if that was the situation with the Cubs right now. I don't know how I'd feel. Well, so, you, you know my sympathies. You, yeah, you know how you would feel because you felt that way for you know a long time. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> well, I felt. No, because there was a lot of years in there. Let's face it. This is the Cubs have been in the playoffs a number of times. They've been in in the last thirteen years. They've been in the playoffs. This is now their fifth time in the playoffs. And how many years? In, in the fifth, last you know, 13, 13 years. Okay. Because it was oh three, oh seven, oh eight, last year and this year. Yeah. So they've. It's not like I've been wandering in the desert for forty years. The Cubs have had chances. It's just that in two thousand eight. After that season, the, it wasn't like I, I wanted everybody on the team gone. There were certain members of the team that I wanted to see gone. But the only time I ever just was like, I don't care who goes, was after 2009. And I was just kind of like, whatever. This team is not going to do anything. Just get rid of whoever. So I'm, that's probably how the Sox are right now. You're just kind of like, whatever. This is not going to work. I don't care who you put out there. There's been a couple people where you're kind of like, yeah, just don't get rid of them. But I'm cool with everybody else. Yeah, I mean, at some but then point, you have to you have to trust your GM then too. At some point, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's that's my whole thing. It's like I'm a big Kenny fan, but at some point, it's like you got to just. I mean, like what the Cubs did, you know, with yeah, you know, they they sold the organization. The Ricketts came, the Ricketts family came in. You know, they invested some money in the Theo. It's like those weren't fun years. I mean, I'm sure people no, had. It wasn't fun, but at the same time, you knew what was going to happen because you'd seen it happen in Boston. And you, I think everybody was willing to give Theo Epstein the benefit of the doubt. And especially once they brought in Joe Madden, I thought that was a point where everyone was like, okay, these kids look like they got talent. I've seen what's happening here. We need somebody that can finally put it all together. And so when they hired Joe Madden, I think it was when everybody kind of went, all right, here's where the plan is going to start coming together like Hannibal from the A-team. And it happened a year ahead of schedule, but, basically. I think everybody was figuring this year. Yeah, but like, I mean, I know like Jim, when we first moved out here to California, I mean, I knew what was going on with the Cubs more than Jim did. And that was just a byproduct of the fact that I spend more time in the internet than Jim. But Jim just like stopped. He just stopped. He was just like, you know, enough for now. And, and I always got the sense that it was just, you know, a, a reprieve. You know, because I know Jim. I mean, I think that as far as all the people that I know on this planet, like personally, he is the biggest Cubs fan. But so, Jim, was it more of just a disappointment and you just needed to, to step away? Or, or was it just like, OK, well, they got Theo. Um, you know, they're going to be rebuilding the team. I understand that. I'm buying into it. But still the team suck for now as far as what we see we don't know what's going on in the, in, in the farm leagues but i'm just going to take some time off or because mike you you mentioned that a lot of people were like oh theo's here we get it but still i always got the feeling that people were just like there's a small percentage of people that understand or understood that there was a guy in i mean the idea of what he did in boston i mean it makes sense but I'm not sure if people were 100. percent You know, if they believed that he was going to be able to do what he what he did. 
So are you saying that you felt like he was really going to do that and, 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 and bring up a really good team? Or was there some trepidation there? Well, I... Both of you. We'll start with Jim. Well, I, I stepped back. I, you know, it, if you think about it, uh, you know, going back, I was very unhappy with uh, some of the managerial moves and hires that Epstein made when he first came on. Um, I was I, I, I was very, uh, very much in favor of hiring Ryan Sandberg, uh, especially, after, <laughs> especially after what he had done, uh, you know, with the young kids in the system. So, uh, you know, for them to be able to go out and get, you know, Mike Quaddy instead of Ryan Sandberg um, and then to even further pass over Ryan Sandberg for um, – Dale, uh, I I can't pronounce the guy's name. Sven? Swain. <laughs> Svein. Okay. Swain. Okay. That's the guy. Yeah, him. That's what I said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Former former Milwaukee's Brewers manager. Yep. Yep. And uh, hitting coach for the Boston Red Sox as well. So I think that's part of the reason why he got hired. Um, but looking back, you know, it was probably the well, it wasn't probably it was definitely the right. It was the right choice to uh, to make to not hire Ryan, and eventually it ended up, of course, getting us Joe Madden. But I stepped back because, you know, I, I saw some of the moves that were going on, and I was, I frankly, I was very impatient, um, and I was trying to do something in my life at the time, you know, that required a lot of personal uh, effort on my own part, uh, which didn't leave a lot of time for, you know, watching the Cubs lose every other day. <laughs> which is what they were doing at the time. So that's where I was at, Mike. How about you? I mean, I didn't watch any a lot of the games because I was uh, – I knew the same as you that it was going to be just a lot of losses. I watched maybe two or three games a year those first couple of years, and then I just followed kind of the minor league reports because that was where the that was where my interest was. It wasn't about, you know, who was on the field at that particular time because I knew they weren't going to be there in the long run. It was going to be whoever was coming up uh, from the from the minor league system. And there's not a real good way to get a handle on that because I don't get Iowa Cubs games on TV. I don't get, you know, the Tennessee games. I, it's just like you kind of have to do it by newspaper, kind of the old-fashioned way. Well, you see this yeah. guy? Yeah, it looks like he's got some great numbers. Yeah, it looks like he'll be good in a couple of years. <laughs> What are you saying? Give me the papers, eh, kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I wasn't at that point. I wasn't, you know, like I said, I would, I would read blogs occasionally. I would follow stories about, you know, how this kid was doing or this, who this, you know, five tool player that's coming up and you'd hear about Chris Bryant. uh, At that point, Rizzo was already up. So he's the veteran on the team at 27. If that gives you any idea. Um, That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so Rizzo, I what is this, his fifth year in the league? I believe so. So, yeah, that was – it was basically, you know, a lot of a lot of filler, a lot of time filler. But you, you'd see trades, you'd see uh, hires, you'd see things, and you just kind of go, I'm not sure I understand this. And then you'd read, like, maybe an article or a blog or something. They sort of go, this is a good move because this, this, and this, and you can sort of 
kind of see the plan coming together. A lot of people were a little too impatient and were sort of like, the plan sucks. Like everything that happens, you know, it's not going to pay off immediately. It's kind of like working out. You're not going to, you know, you want to lose 20 pounds. You, you work out for a week and you're like, I, I haven't lost any weight. This yeah. plan sucks. This this workout plan sucks. It's Cut like well, you've been carbs. doing it for a week. <laughs> the real buy-in for me uh, was when they hired Joe Madden. I mean, that yeah. first press conference, uh, I mean, he came out and he said all the right things. I mean, he said every, he didn't give in to, you know, he, and he was bold. You know, he said they expected to make the playoffs the first year. They expected to play good baseball. They expected not to think about a curse and all this other crap, you know. Um, and now they've effectively banished that junk, you know. It's gone. I mean, so that was the real buy-in for me, especially with the way, you know, Madden handled 2015, you know. Uh, what happened with uh, with Castro and the way that he handled that and the way he was able to bring Castro back at the end of the year and get so much out of him. Uh, he made it possible to to trade Starlin Castro and free up the infield for Addison Russell, who went out and rewarded you know the franchises and Madden's uh, you know confidence. That's right, that's right, Jackson, um, in him by having what 99 RBIs for a shortstop. That's ridiculous. And he's not. He has. He's he's just completed now his first full you know season as. Uh, you know the shortstop. You know being in the, being in the, in the major leagues. I'm trying to say. I mean, so the guy is just barely over being a rookie. You know. Yeah. He came. Yeah, he came up in June last year. For goodness' sake, I believe, or May, May perhaps it was. Well, the cool so, thing is, well, speaking of Madden, though, it's like the the one thing that stands out to me is I just remember him um, when he was the the, the coach over at uh, it was the Rays, right? And like. Those the team that he had that went to the World Series. It was a, it was a younger team too. But one thing that stuck out was just, I don't know. It's just like the passion and the dynamic of that team. And and that team. I mean, the only person that I could really think of on that team was uh, that was a superstar. Was uh, oh god, what's his name? Uh, the third baseman, Eva Longoria. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> Eva Longoria, <laughs> he's a real housewife, the OG. But it's like that was the big player, but there were so many other uh, players within that organization that just, you know, but just the dynamic that he had with that team, it kind of reminds me a little bit about the Cubs. But you're right, though, Jim. It's, I mean, the Cubs have been through their fair share of coaches, <laughs> and it just feels good. He seems smart. I know that people were kind of bagging on him a little bit about putting Chapman in uh, in game three. Was that game three? Yeah, game three. Yeah, it was game three. I just I, – I wasn't I, – I wouldn't call it bagging him. I just wanted to know what, what his plan was if that didn't work, which ended up being not that great as it turns out. It was, oh, I guess I'll just throw Mike Montgomery out there for four innings and see if he's actually serviceable. <laughs> which thank God he was for most of it. But, I mean, yeah, he had two pitchers left. That's why I was kind of going, what are you going to do next? Like, what if this doesn't work? Yeah, bringing in Chapman in game three in that situation for a six-out close close was a a bold move by uh, by Joe Madden. Um, 
and it was either going to work or it wasn't. Um, it didn't work. <laughs> so, you know, and it was, wasn't it, uh, wasn't it serendipitous that, you know, the next night in the clinching game, Aroldis Chapman comes out and has the exact opposite of what happened the night before. He strikes out the side. Oh, he was throwing some heat too, man. This is like even the, it was like the confidence that he had like last night, even yep. compared to the other day, was like it was night and day for me, anyways. Yep. And I think that has something. Okay. There's something to be said about starting out an inning. It's like this is your inning. You know, anything that happens, it's all on you. As opposed to coming in when there's two men and two men on. You know, it's like well, I think. I think it also has a lot to do with the mentality of both teams at that point, which was the Giants were gaining momentum and feeling confident when he came in in the eighth inning. It was like it was a desperation move by Joe Madden versus last night. It was a control move by Joe Madden. Like instead of me like hoping I can like kick the door open and do something here, I'm just going to step on your neck. Was basically what last night's was. Unbelievable. So hey guys, so Cubs won last night. Um, it was a great game for the last inning. No, it was a good game. It was a good game. I don't think any of us could have foreseen what was going to happen. Um, I think, I think that you guys, I don't know. I don't know. I think that you guys may have had more, uh, insight than I, as far as like the possibility of them actually coming back based off of their history. But that was magical. I mean, I'll admit it. I mean, that's what baseball is all about, especially when it's your team. It's funny because I saw a headline in the uh, New York Times that said, uh, uh, Cubs oust Giants to reach NLCS for once a good side of a big rally. And I'm like, okay, you know, well, how many big rallies did the Giants have this season compared to the Cubs? Yeah, I'm like, okay, I get it. This is New York Times. An, inter- an interesting thing that I, I kind of thought last night is if they were down – Five two at Wrigley Field. I don't think they could come back, and no. that's not because this isn't a good team. It's because there's an energy at Wrigley Field when the when the team is down. They they I've heard it said from other players on other teams, it sucks the life out of the stadium because you can feel the nervous energy coming down out of the stands. Last night they didn't have to worry about a nervous energy because all they were feeling was the cheers and screaming of the San Francisco fans, which they wanted to shut up. It was almost like they went out there angry with a chip on their shoulder versus being tight. They were completely loose. They had nothing to lose in that inning. They just wanted to go out there and just be completely free with it versus being in Wrigley Field and having that kind of a disadvantage. I feel like it would have been a different outcome. I I don't think they would have played as loose. No, I agree, Mike, because I I remember there was a couple of seasons, uh, previous seasons, where um, I'd be watching Cubs games, and it's like, I always would tell myself, man, that the, the two toughest markets right now has to be New York and Chicago, just because the fans, and, and that's coming from a White Sox fan, and it's like, I kind of reveled in that a little bit, that the fact that Cubs fans are so hard on their players to where it almost demoralizes them, you know? But you're absolutely right, and I'm glad that that game last night was in San Francisco. Because <laughs> you're right. I think they were. They almost had nothing to lose. I mean, and that's that's what you want, you know, and I think that's what makes them successful. So, hey, so let's talk about what's coming up. So give me, break down to me 
what the options are as far as what teams that the Cubs might be playing, when they're playing, what is the pitching um, rotation looking like uh, in the event that uh, they play one team or another. Break it down for me. Game one Saturday will be John Lester for the Cubs against, well, the a big TBD to be determined the, the team and also to be determined the uh, starting pitcher thereof. Um, it will either be uh, Los Angeles, and I'm going to guess um, Rich Hill, perhaps. Oh, my gosh. Rich Hill. <laughs> oh, it can't be Hill. Rich Hill's throwing game five. Exactly. It can't be Rich Hill. It can't be Clayton Kershaw. Who else has Los Angeles thrown in the series? Um, oh, my goodness. I'm not sure who it would be for Los Angeles. Fernando Lopez. Um, Fernando, uh, what, the, what was that guy's name? Fernando. Fernando Lamas. <laughs> you, look, you look marvelous. Absolutely <laughs> marvelous. Believe but I me, tell you, your swing it looks marvelous. It's not how you look, it's how you feel. You feel marvelous. Um, you know what? I don't really care who's pitching for the Dodgers. I want to know about what's going on with the Cubs. Who, what's the rotation? What's the rotation going to be like for the Cubs? Well, regardless if they play the Dodgers or the Nets, I think you're going to see the same rotation you just saw. It's going to be Lester, Hendricks, Arietta, Lackey, one through four. Um, I think you trust Lackey again. Who's game one? I'm sorry, Lester. Lester. Oh, he was so happy, dude, when they came back. Because at, at one point they like the, the camera panned to him. This was like probably in the eighth, and I was just thinking, oh man, it's like it's been a long time since he's you know kind of gotten a ring or whatever. But he had this look on his face like, you know, I did my job in game one. It's like I just need these dudes to hit. So. What's up, guys? I did my job. God. (laughs) But then later, it was like he was so excited. I'm like, okay, good. So, anyway, Lackey game one. Yeah, no, uh, Lester game one. Hendricks is game two. Arietta game three. Lackey game four. And then we'll see what happens after that based on what's how the series is going. If they get in any kind of an elimination game when they like for example if they if it gets to game four and it looks like they're in trouble which i doubt they will be but if they were in such a position where it was an elimination game i think you have lester warming up again in the bullpen to see if he could come in in the fourth or fifth inning in case lackey was not doing well but that's that's an unlikely scenario given how they've looked in this last series yeah who would you rather than play? The Nats or uh, the the the, the Doisiers? The Trolling. Me personally. I feel like they match up better with the Dodgers, uh, but also I don't want to see Dusty Baker's face again. So the Dodgers. I would rather see them face the Dodgers because <laughs> the Dodgers are going to be. They're not going to have Kershaw in Game One, so we got an advantage right away out the box. It could be the rookie Julio Art. Uh, Urias, the supposed phenom that could go in game one for the Dodgers, should that should that be. Um, and believe me, if they play the Dodgers in the NLCS, I will find a way to get to Dodger Stadium. I will lie, steet, and cheel in order to do so. You going to give up a kidney? Because I know somebody that needs one. 
<laughs> I will give up a kidney. I don't think it's going to be in a, stick in a bag of oranges and get by the side of the freeway. <laughs> I'm second guessing. I don't know if I want Jim's kidney. <laughs> You don't uh, want I mean, his kidney you might be fine. You don't want his lungs. <laughs> you kidney might be, you're right, Mike. The kidney might be okay. <laughs> like these, these lungs on their last legs, I ain't taking these things. His, you might uh, want my heart. No? His, his heart back. Heart my, I, think, I think I want your back. That's the... Um, oh, yeah. You have. Disability, man. I can sit at home all day with your back. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, jealous. Either one of you guys with my back would be on disability. I can tell you that right now. Well, look, boys, um, again, happy birthday, Jim. I mean, I, it's funny because, like, leading up to that <laughs> game. What? What was that? <laughs> oh, that I was, was doing a trumpet. Like a, like a <laughs> but I think that, uh, I think that was a, a good birthday present for you, albeit a late birthday present, but... Yeah. yeah, I just thought the but last time you the Cubs last time the Cubs had a playoff game on your birthday, I don't think they had one last year. Did they? Was it was one of those on your birthday last year? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I think it was game game four of the 2003 NLCS was on your birthday. Yep, that was the one where they they caught uh, what's his name in a rundown between second and third to end the game. Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo, yeah, and uh, we thought for sure they're going to the World Series, and there was just one more game left. Uh, yeah, so we all know what happened, but that was, I think, that was the last last game that was on your birthday in the playoffs. Yep, that was the one where I I got up and threw the blanket off and went running out of the room. <laughs> I was so excited. His back was fine that night. Yeah, my back was fine that night. Yeah, I'm one for hyperbole. I, t- I take that back. What I said to you guys earlier about my back. I don't know why I said that. Well, we know, Jim. Whenever you have to do something, that's when your back starts hurting. Well, speaking yes. of, uh, I, was a little, <laughs> I noticed something rewatching the game. Speaking of older Cubs, um, former playoff teams, last night, I don't know if you noticed, at the end of the game when everyone was on the field celebrating, speaking of catchers, uh, who did Joe Madden hug? Hank White. Henry, Henry oh, Blanco. Oh, did he yeah, really? He's a he's a quality assurance coach now. Or whatever they call it, is he quality really? control. Yeah, he's he basically is like uh, he wasn't a bullpen catcher for them for a while, I think. But then he uh, switched around to a bunch of teams, and then he was uh, yeah, they hired him. I think it was two years ago in this position, yep. quality assurance coach or something. Oh my god! Yeah, he basically like breaks down how guys are. I don't know. Breaks down their quality. Yeah. <laughs> Him? Yeah, I like so. his quality. He's very good. And he, he works a lot with the uh, with the Latin players uh, on the team. He works a lot with Baez. He works a lot with Soler. He works a lot now with you know with Chapman. Uh, um, who are some of the other guys uh, that you know primarily Spanish speaking uh, players um, on the team? I mean Try- Contreras, Almora, yeah, Baez. Baez. Uh, you know it's funny though. Um, Sorry to interrupt, but uh, Oster, Strope, Rondon. Yeah, what were you thinking, Mark? No, I was just gonna say, did you see my text last night? It was like after they won, and like everybody was jumping at each other and hugging each other. Did you see uh, Chapman? It was like he was almost like 
I, it was weird. It's like it was it was very faint, and they they actually had the sense of mind to cut away. But like one of the Cub players came over to hug him, and he like pushed him away a little bit. Like it was almost like he was pissed off, man. <laughs> I'm like, what's going and, on? Like, he was, but well, he was shrugging guys off him because he was kind of like, like yeah, what? Get off me! Like you can't like I don't I didn't take it as like he was upset by the other players. I think he was just in that freaking pumped up beast mode yeah yeah no, it, was was like, just, it was weird if i was the other players i'd be like look man i'm not your girlfriend so please <laughs> calm down well what happened was uh, and, and i saw it too mark and they did it you you have to look really close if you can find it on replay or on a highlight um right when uh who was the catcher uh i believe it was uh Contreras at that point or was it david ross no it had to be Contreras. Contreras came out and when he hugged uh, Chapman at the, the exact moment, like a split second later from the, from the left side, uh, Dexter Fowler ambushed him with, with a side hug, totally caught both the guys by surprise. Neither one of them saw him coming uh. <laughs> and Chapman, Chapman stepped back. He was, he was freaked out. He was like, what, what the hell? <laughs> uh. I don't like side hug. <laughs> side hug, no good. Yeah. For, 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 come from side hug insult. I watched that because I was trying to think, you know, what 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 were you texting about? Because I didn't see it, you know. I saw him, you know, staring off the mound, and he was, you know, standing, you know, arms akimbo, you know. <laughs> so. That is so funny. Kimbo well, slice. so I'm I'm actually happy because for some reason or another, I thought that uh, game one of the NLCS was going to take place tomorrow night, and um, so. Will I'll actually be on a flight, so I'm going to give a little uh, fan of Sway a little plug. So the uh, Telluride Horror Film Festival will be taking place in beautiful old Telluride, Colorado, um, 14th and the 15th. Uh, I think that's Friday and Saturday, so me and the wife will be down there. We did the 48-hour uh, film festival, which was a part of the Telluride Horror Film Festival which was really cool. Um, we actually basically, uh, we had about eight different teams submit a 48-hour horror film, which is is interesting. It's very interesting what people can do in 48 hours if uh, they oh, put their Oh, it in 48 hours. It's not a 48-hour film. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. Oh, my God. That would be expensive. I would that would be pretty think. experimental. I'd be like, okay, here's 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 my premise. It's like two hours of movie, and in the middle, the guy passes out and sleeps for thirty-eight hours. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, 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 no. It was a, it was actually pretty cool because uh, you know there's a lot that goes into uh, verifying whether or not someone films. Um, it's it's actually eight minutes long um, within forty-eight hours, right? So you got to get your cast, your crew, your location. You got to get everything together. And then we give them specific things that have to be in the film. So we basically say, hey, August 4th, you know, this is the start. These particular items you have to reference. Of course, they don't know what those are until we give them to them. And then the film has to be submitted in 48 hours to this particular Dropbox or whatever. But man, these people did a great job. So anyway, uh, we, we we had a winner. And uh, so the winner will have their uh, eight minute film screened um, on Saturday night uh, before the uh, main feature at the uh, film festival. So we're gonna go out there, gonna be up to, uh, I don't know, I'll be at 
I don't know, 14,000 feet for the next couple of days. So, uh, you know, just uh, keep us in mind. This is the first time that we've done this. We're uh, very happy to be a part of it. Um, so my point is, is that I won't miss any games on Thursday. So I think I'll be home. What, what time on Saturday does this thing start? Five o'clock your time, 7.08, basically central time. I tell you what, Jimmy. I mean, it's it's great to be on the West Coast, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing for game time. 10 a.m. football games on Sunday morning. I could be home taking a nap by 1.30. Love it. It's better It's better being here because being a, a Bears fan uh, in Chicago means I have my entire morning free, and then in the afternoon I can just ignore Bears football. So I technically I have the entire day off. <laughs> technically you do. You do. Well, hey, guys, it's been great. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you guys have are, are really taking this whole thing in stride. I think I was – I am more. I feel like I'm pretty excited about last night's game, but I know that's just, um, you know, a piece of the puzzle. So, here we go. So, Jimmy, uh, you want to take us out? We'll uh, circle back, maybe after game one of the NLCS. Yes, let's do another episode then. Um, yeah, and I just want to, you know, take a moment to, you know thank both of you guys uh, for coming up with this idea and, and asking me to, to join you. Um, and, uh, you know, just want to thank, you know, anybody that's listening, anybody that's starting to catch on. Um, yeah, we're going to be a lot more exciting things happening. Uh, like I've said before, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to see some red Ivy. So, you know, just thanks for listening, everybody get, get ready for some really exciting things to happen going forward. Um, we're going to see some really good baseball and hopefully it's going to culminate in, in what we all want. So, you know, thanks for listening, Mike, you know, thanks for being here, Mark. Thanks for, uh, you know, being at the helm and, uh, thanks for listening and everybody check us out on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, check us out on Instagram. And, uh, of course on our, uh, our own red Ivy podcast, uh, website itself. And more to come, more content will be coming. There'll be some blog posts and so forth, uh, you know, as we start to pro- pro- eh, proliferate. <laughs> pro proliferate. Phantom Sway Podcast. Music. Books. Ritual Human Sacrifice. Wait, 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 wait. Not that last one. PhantomSway.com.